1: Oh, that's awful. It's better to play it with the vocals. Please. Need a little screaming there to make it work. It's amazing when you hear that, you realize how important the vocals are, how much they carry the weight of, of the uh, the vibe that the song delivers. It's about the vocalist, not about the band. We just learned a lesson. 8605229842. We're gonna play the Rants coming up next and we'll take phone calls because that's what we do i would like to hear from you if you are so inclined this is the burning question today it is it well it's burning for me i really wonder if you have it in you if it is still possible to vote for somebody who is not of your persuasion whether you are Left, right, or center? Are you are you well no, let's just say left or right. Are you capable of voting in a direction other than for the side that you're on? I i.e., if somebody comes along and is espousing values that sound like yours but they're from the wrong party, are you now so committed to the party? Do you now understand that there is a good side and a bad side when it comes to the future of the country and that who, regardless of the candidate, you're not going to violate that. That's what I'm curious about. Cause I was watching the debate last night in Pennsylvania with Dr. Oz and, and, uh, Fetterman, the guy who had a heart attack and lied about its impact and allowed himself to still get elected and all. And, um, you know, I was wondering if people will change their vote when they saw how damaged he was by the, by the health event he had with the stroke bps lawyers traffic center mark christopher has an eye on the roads and well it's just not been a very tough day but maybe now is the moment what's going on mark
0: it's the todd feinberg show live from the nj diet studios on wtic news talk 1080
1: Oh, I can't go for that. I can go for some rants though. Rant line number eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. It's a good rant line today, I'll tell you.
2: I'm calling again because I'm so sick and tired of the high gas and oil, and it makes no sense why oil is so much harder than gas when it's not. It's refined. When is this gonna stop? It's so
3: frustrating every day, especially when I'm unemployed.
1: It's awful. It's not going to stop until, uh, you know, the the damage done by all the spending last year, all those programs they're so excited about. Oh, they're so proud of all this spending. You know, they brag about the things that caused the. They did they brag, they brag about the things that caused the inflation and then they tell you how they're going to fight the inflation. Again, it was, it was top of mind for the administration. They were being asked a year and a half ago, what about inflation? Oh, we can, we've got the tools available. We can handle a little inflation. That's what they said. <laughs> oh, the candy wrapper is back. Last night I played an oldie but goodie of the candy wrapper, and I guess he heard it and uh, decided to bless us with his presence once again.
4: This is the candy wrapper. It's time to get rid of Empty Head
5: Ned. It's no surprise. With Ned in charge, crime is on the rise. All Ned does is spend in tax. It's time to give him the axe. All Republicans are making the call. It's time for Bob to kick Ned square in the balls. Have a good day, Todd.
1: Bye-bye. He's got that energy and that passion. He he sounds a little bit like Lee Zeldin, the Republican running for governor in New York.
4: Hi, uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Nettie, Ned Lamont. I'm your Ned. And uh, make sure you pull that lever next to my name because Bob Stephanowski doesn't have a chance. Ha, I'm overspending him. I can just like take some of that money that I earned that uh, $54 million last year.
1: Have you absorbed this fully? Governor Ned Lamont reported last Friday his earnings for 2021, and they were $54 million. Keep in mind, he doesn't take the money for the governor's job because it's too small to bother with. And he doesn't have employment. He doesn't get paid for anything. And yet he took in $54 million in capital gains last year. What in God's name does it take to cause one to be paid $54 million for pretending to be governor? Huh? Think about how much money that is. You could live on a million dollars a month and then just give away millions of dollars, run one of the biggest. Uh... But, but, you know, the, the question we need to ask ourselves about Jolly Net, I think, And what makes him such an intriguing figure, this guy's been running for office for how long, 15 years, and he finally won a race four years ago, and he will have spent 60, 65 million dollars on his political career of his own money, well, his great-grandfather's money. And can anyone think of one thing that Ned cares about in his work to achieve? This is a serious question. One thing, Jolly Ned, that you care about enough to have spoken about one or two times, trying to advocate for, to indicate that you support and care about.
4: Make sure I'm the governor by outspending him, because he's a pauper. He's he's nothing like me, but I'm just like you, ladies and gentlemen. I live in the state of Connecticut. We have a beautiful state here. And uh, I just got more, a lot more money than anybody. So make sure you vote for me, ladies and gentlemen. And have a good day.
1: Thank you, Ned. Oh, he's such a good governor, that guy, isn't he? Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. We'll take more calls, play more rants in a few minutes. But joining us now, Noah Ring, Georgia talk show host, young talk show host, just a youngster in his early twenties. Hey, Noah.
6: Hey, Todd. How are you? I
1: figure you must be in heaven today. There have been debates going on, and it's, we're just in political, uh, rich territory right now.
6: Absolutely. I, I tell you what, my prayers are going out to John Fetterman's campaign and him more directly. Because? Well, his campaign, because somebody had a great take on it on Twitter. There's not a mall or a fast food restaurant in the world that would hire him in the current state he's in, but yet Democrats want him to be in the Senate. I mean, you had a question where he was asked about fracking. He very clearly could only figure out that they were asking about fracking. And so he says over and over again, I support fracking and not even getting to the point of the question.
1: Wait, what did he miss? Uh, He um, I mean, he's in a difficult position. He doesn't support fracking. But for the sake of this campaign, he's pretending to be. But he's got a long history he has to run away from. Uh, I thought he did a pretty good mix of of, uh, pretending to not understand the question so he could hide from it.
6: I don't know. To me and to a lot of other people who are watching it, you can see a clear cognitive decline because they asked him about his shift from 2018 to now, and you could tell he really couldn't figure out really what was going on or couldn't – he knew what he wanted to say and couldn't get it out or something like that. I mean. But can you
1: imagine you're... how scary, Noah, it must be to to go on a statewide television broadcast – for something that you've worked so hard for for so long and is worth millions of dollars, you know of other people's money that you've been spending, and you've lost the ability to actually engage in conversation, but your job is to spend an hour conversing in a highly intense environment. Like like that's not an easy thing to do.
6: Not at all. And you know, Dr. Oz, to his credit, did pretty well in the same thing. I don't know, I don't think this is a knock on John Federman as much as it's a knock on the Democratic Party for putting him up, and it's clear, you know, health, uh, his health condition that he was in before. I mean, this is something that his doctor has been telling him for years. Hey, look, you are not okay. You need to get some help. And obviously he didn't listen. And I think last night's debate will probably be enough to push Oz over the top. I mean, there's that recent f- poll from last week that has Oz over him over five points. but I think it'll grow to seven or eight points.
1: I would hope so. I mean, I have a little concern, Noah, that people are so deeply entrenched in party politics right now partisan divide that even democrats will sit there and look at him and say well he's our candidate let's put the guy who's suffered brain damage and can't really do the job let's put him into power
6: yeah i mean that's exactly what they did in twenty twenty
1: (laughs) yes uh... and and i fear that's where we are it's it's a remarkable situation that uh... that that the lust for power You know, this is what I think you were alluding to before. They understand that John Fetterman can't do the job. John Fetterman understands he can't do the job. But everybody looked at that moment a few days before the primary election a few months ago and said, uh, yeah, let's keep him in the race. And just we won't tell anyone what happened to him.
6: Yeah, I mean, this is just Democrats being deceitful all over again. They know the clear cognitive decline, as they know about many other candidates throughout the country who are either very deeply, like they should not do this, they should not be running in general. And look, I don't think Oz is some great candidate. I myself am not a big fan of carpetbaggers. But, I mean, when you have a point where somebody who's never lived in Pennsylvania is now over your candidate who's been a lifelong Pennsylvanian for five or six points, I think that shows that the American people and the people of Pennsylvania are saying, we don't want this weird, looks like looking like the sloth from Goonies all growed up. We don't want him to be our senator.
1: You know, I can. uh, The reason I I thought this was an intriguing question, this whole thing about who do you vote for in this kind of situation is because I've gotten to the point where I just feel if you're you've got to be a defender of the American system of government or you don't get my vote and nothing else matters to me. Like, that's it. That's my litmus test. Are you somebody who fights to protect and save the American system of government from the leftists or are you not? And that's all I care about. Is that wrong?
6: No, I completely agree with you. And even furthermore, I, I, I go a little bit step further than you. And not only will you defend America's values, because first and foremost, they take an oath to pretty much say they'll do that. But further foremost, are you going to be proud about your conservative beliefs? Because if you're going to be somebody who's going to go on an apology tour, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to vote for you. I'm not going to vote for Mitt Romney. I'm not going to vote for Adam Kingslinger even in the general election, because you might as well elect a Democrat. At least I'll tell you the truth.
5: Did you
1: hear the uh, any of the New York stuff last night, the governor's race there? They had a debate?
6: I caught a little bit of it this morning. Um, and surprise, surprise, Kathy Hochul is weak on crime.
1: Yeah, well, listen Listen to this cut from Lee Zeldin, because I just thought he was so good. I wish everybody, you know, this is what you were just saying. I wish everybody talked like this.
6: If you're tired of soaring crime, DAs that let violent criminals out on the streets to roam free, crushing taxes and skyrocketing costs, New Yorkers struggling to feed their families and heat their homes, the reality is, for you, you deserve better.
1: Isn't that how you have to sound now? Right in their faces.
6: Absolutely. I mean... Lee Zeldin understands what many people don't, and that's why he turned a very blue state competitive, just like Lynn Youngkin did. They care about the, uh, the table issues, the, the dinner table issues. For the New Yorkers who are watching last night, who are struggling to, eat their, to heat their homes, who are dealing with rising crime, and who are dealing with leftist policies gone bad, that sounds pretty appealing. I mean, New York is not a Republican state at all, but Lee Zeldin is in striking chance because so many people are either not going to go vote Democrat, Or going to go vote Republican for the first time in generations.
1: Well, because they're scared. The the incompetence of their government is is now costing them with personal risk, and and uh, there that gets people off their
6: butts. Absolutely, as as it should. And I think that the Republican Party has a big, big chance here if they don't if they don't fumble the ball. Which I'm not going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if they. I think they might if they can take over just like Newt Gingrich did in 94, and they can lead an actual great American comeback and put forth common-sense conservative policies, I think you could see a Reagan revolution sweep through my generation and generations after me and before me and turn millions of Americans back to being Republicans and saying, hey, we want common-sense conservative ideas that let us win on the world stage and let us win in our own our, our home, homes.
1: Noah Ring, anything else you want us to know?
6: Yeah, Todd, actually, I'm about to go defend American exceptionalism against the young Democrats at UGA on a, at the great debate, but I do appreciate you, Todd, and I hope you guys have a great week.
1: Thank you so much for being here. Great to talk with you, Noah. We will see you next week. Have a good one. All righty. That's Noah Ring. And uh, he's, a, he's a Southern boy. He's from Georgia, and he is a young talker. one of the youngest in America, so it's fun to get his perspective on things. Coming from Gen Z or, or, or I don't know what comes after Gen Z. I'm not even sure. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Okay, we can take your calls now. We've been ignoring the phones. I apologize. But if you want to call in, we can get you on the air right now. And we will play some further rants as well because we just got those started.
3: Not
4: voting is a childish, ignorant
7: decision.
4: It's a cop-out and it's your duty to get out and vote. How else do you think we're going to change this? Just roll over and die? Don't be ridiculous.
1: Yeah, somebody called yesterday and said they weren't going to vote cuz they were that was their interpretation of what uh I was saying and other people were saying here. But the fact of the matter is what the point is is that we need everybody to vote and that by act by becoming an activist voter somebody who insists on having their voice heard, that, that's how change can happen. Change is right there within everybody's grasp, and you just have to be activated for it to happen. Is this Juan, the Juan, who never calls
2: anymore? Oh, I've been so busy. I missed you, though.
1: I'm glad you've been busy. I hope you're making bundles of money.
2: I am because next year we won't be making too much money with this recession. Well,
1: that's out. true. You got to pack it away while you can, huh?
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hey, uh, you know George paid a really nice compliment to you today. I really, I, I, you are definitely that kind of person. You're the kind of person who does something without expecting any, anything in return. You're just you're out there fighting the fighting the fight. And I thought what he said about you was really nice. I'm sorry. Who are we talking about? You? george george uh, he covered this morning for tom right before you you started you uh, you know he was on before you uh, came on
1: oh oh um not george uh,
2: not george i'm thinking of george kapal for some reason um
1: i and uh, reese reese on the radio was reese, on for me sorry reese i on the <laughs> i can't believe you made me <laughs> blank on his name
2: <laughs> you would be both dead but anyhow, he, 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 he was very grateful about the opportunity you gave him. And he just it, That's just who you are, and that's what you're doing for Connecticut. You're coming in here and really waking the hell out of people, letting them know, hey, it's time to wake up, because if you don't, you're not going to get another chance, and that's because of your wisdom. That's who you are. Well, right that's very person. kind.
1: You know, I just feel like it's a privilege to have a forum that – can influence a few people and and you know if you can influence a few people they can influence a few people and you can make something happen
2: but i think it's more than just influence i mean influence sounds like the easiest word to use but it's really not the right word to be using because you're not really changing it you're not you're not brainwashing anybody and that's not that's not what what's going on what is going on are you informing people you're making people aware of what's happening how it's happening you're giving people a forum to call in and talk about the problems within their communities that are not being looked at. You get, you know, you're you're giving us all of us as as listeners of your show, as callers of your show, you know, a, a really good thing. And I thought that was that was really nice of Reese to to put that out there. Well, I didn't uh,
1: hear it, you know, but it was, sounds like it was pretty nice.
2: You know, and the thing that he does, and he does it without even knowing, is that he's doing the same thing you did for him on his own he's just passing it on he's just doing something for somebody that doesn't require anything in return you're just doing your part of humanity you're educating you're doing the right thing and that's that's how we're all going to survive together not by pointing out who's what color or what race or what economic situation or who drives what or who works you know, it's not about any of that division, and and it's sad that this has gotten to that point.
1: Well, Juan, I forgive you now for having uh, been away for a little while because uh, that's really nice. Thank you so much.
2: You're quite welcome. You enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. And yes, else.
1: sir. And you pack that money away so we can have some fun next year. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. We got an open half hour next. We will play some rants and take some phone calls and talk to Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center.
0: Mark, what's happening? Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast.
1: Oh, yeah. Wednesday afternoon, we just are chasing another weekend already. And uh, then we've only got about a little over a week till the election, which is hard to believe from cromwell let's talk with lincoln next hey lincoln
3: hey todd how you doing what's up uh airplanes um did you hear about the uh campaigner for desantis in florida was assaulted and i i think it's pylea florida i could be wrong but he was assaulted he's in the hospital and uh Apparently he was in a neighborhood where they said to him, we don't want any Republicans in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that was a couple days ago. Regarding uh, last night's debate with Fetterman uh, and Oz and Hokel and Zeldin, and also in, uh, I watched the ones in Nevada for, uh, yeah. not the debate, but I saw him at a town hall meeting. These Democrats have to go on. Nothing. The border being wide open, these people that are coming in, they're not coming in to learn English. They're only coming in to get free stuff, and they're not even they're not even fleeing their countries from oppression. It's all a bunch of BS, and you know it's 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 sickening. It's ruining the country.
1: Well, what's ruining the company, the country? I think is the idea that. This is how our politics is working intentionally. The idea is let's bring people in from other countries because that's our core constituency. That's what the Democrats are effectively saying. We can't win the votes of enough Americans to win elections. If we want to control elections, we have to import voters from other countries. How grotesque is that?
3: And now, next week on our ballot in Connecticut, they want to uh, have a question about early voting and years ago when i was in growing up and going to school we went to school our schools were great back in the 60s we went to school after labor day i don't know when it became going to school before labor day now this early voting voting should be on the one day and that's it like it like it always has been and now it's just going to be a mess again
1: well that's was- my feeling about it i think it's a, a problem uh, and, and a deliberate one on the part of the Democrats to, you know, it's part of their election rigging scheme, I think. Thank you, Lincoln. eight six zero We're off to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center once again so we can check in with Mark Christopher and see what the latest news is from the street. Oh, yes, we have some rants to play. We got some phone calls to take eight six oh five two two nine eight four two Dave in Torrington. Hey Dave
7: hey uh I'll try to I'll try to get this out as clear as i can the I've been a Republican most of my uh voting life, and living in Connecticut it's I remember Rapini calling a couple days ago saying he was mad at the uh, gentleman that didn't want to go out and vote any longer.. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say to all the Republicans out there and all the voters not to give up, keep trying. Even though we vote Republican, those Democrats somehow keep sneaking in there. Uh, we need to we need to kind of unite and kick them out. The other the other thing is one question I have is. Laura Levy, I I, I don't see any ads for her. She's pretty much silent there, and uh, if we're going to get Blumenthal out of there, we've got a long way to go. Yeah, well,
1: we can't control how much money the campaigns have or what they're doing with that money, and maybe she's got a barrage coming in the last couple weeks. Who knows? That's the challenge. You know, it gets harder the deeper the hole you're in as a party. Republicans are the minority party, and— the majority party, the Democrats, have had power for a long time. So they basically control everything. And that makes it hard to raise money as a Republican. So, it, And it's hard to get good candidates. And that whole thing just gets harder every time you lose. But Democrats didn't used to be able to tell the truth about their belief. They didn't have to have the chance to be open about being Marxist and anti-American. That's only recently that they've been open about it. And so if you think about the journey they've been on for the last 50 years, trying to get to a place where they could just be blatantly hostile to the American system of government and still win elections, that's we can think. Oh well, if they can take us off, the, you know, our train off the track, well, we can put it back on. We've just got to be determined and conniving and manipulative and abusive and all the things they've been. That's all.
7: I agree with you, and I'm just trying to give uh, everybody a little pep talk there, just to get out there and vote. Yes. We're going to win this thing.
1: Absolutely. Quiet conviction, commitment to your principles, and get out there and vote and model the good behavior for everybody else. Dave, thank you so much for that. John's in West Hartford. Hi, John.
4: Hi, Todd. Uh, I was checking in with – I'm curious about something. But first of all, if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, or whatever, if you're not checking out who the candidates are from either side and you're just voting because you're one of the party, Mm -hmm. that's a big mistake. And this is why we have the problem we have, I believe. The other thing is... Wait,
1: explain that. I I don't understand. I want you to articulate it.
4: Well, if I'm voting for the whole Democratic Party just because Mm -hmm. I'm registered as a Democrat, I'm just saying, go ahead and keep doing what you're doing if i'm republican and just voting for the Repu- i would rather be looking at who are the best candidates out of both parties that are going to put forward the best thing for but the state but the
1: but the thing is say you say so i want to save the american system of government and i want to save connecticut from the plundering that the democrats are doing to it and that requires somebody to be, have great conviction and a commitment to doing what's right and towards smaller government and towards suffering some struggle to be able to turn things around, particularly in Connecticut. But there's no point in voting for a Democrat who fits that description because a Democrat who goes to the legislature is going to vote with uh, his his party leadership 90-plus percent of the time. So why would I want to elect him no matter what he believes? How does it help
4: me? Exactly. It you're 100 percent correct on that. It's just trying to. What's the difference? I mean, if you're going to be independent and vote, you know, you're going to still have that same problem, exactly what you described. They're going Uh to do what they do. But my question or what I'm curious about that way raises my curiosity about things being on the level is the last time we had a vote here in West Hartford. I believe it was for, the you know, a, a preliminary vote or something. It was maybe last year, and we had to go to a different school to vote. Going in to vote in that election for, I guess it was town officials, something like that, um, why was it that if you were a Republican or a Democrat, Republicans had to go to the right side to vote in those machines, and Democrats had to go to the left side of the school to vote in those machines. Why couldn't they go in the same door? I don't believe it was to make it quicker.
1: Was this a primary election? So yeah, you were getting
4: just the last one that just happened in West Hartford.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. So that would have been a primary election, right? So, so that I don't know that makes sense. Uh, well, they whether you go in the same door or not, you. Divide up, right? And you go to you get a ballot for your party in a preliminary election because that's a that's a party election. It's not a not a government election.
4: So uh, it wouldn't show both parties. And well, it's
1: it's neither here nor there.
4: Well, in the it, general it
1: election, think... you would all go in the same door and get the same ballot because it's not a it's not a party election. It's a, a municipal election or a state election uh-huh. or a federal election.
4: Okay. Okay, it just seems a little suspicious to me.
1: Well, they, everything they well, do is let's suspicious. Let's throw
4: all those away, and we'll keep these.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't think that's the game they're playing per se. But uh, we do have to keep an eye on everybody and be suspicious. Thank you for that, sir. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Mike and Talland. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mark. Oh, Mark. I'm sorry. Uh, hey, how
7: are you? Yes. Yeah, so. I, you know, I just, I I can't but not believe that Republicans need to get people out there and, you know, if they have to mail in votes, I don't know, the Democrats, uh, you know, they're out there going door to door, and that's how they've been winning this thing for the last couple of years, and I really think until Republicans start putting that type of effort into it, I I Think we're going to come up? Well,
1: with Republicans them. do their best. They put a ton of it. I I know a lot oh, of people. No, I who,
7: know they do. I know they do. But it's in, it's just
1: hard when you've been losing for Democrats, a long time. You have less resources. You attract fewer volunteers. Yeah, stuff like that.
7: Yeah, I I I get that. Um, but you know, in my town, uh, you know, I I see all the Democrats walking door to door. Uh, probably, like you said, because of the resources. Um. And very few Republicans, you know, and it's probably because of the resources. But I don't know, until we can find those. When you
1: control things, Mike, Democrats, even during COVID, used COVID (laughs) money to hire the same organizations that do door-to-door campaigning for them during campaign season. They hired those same organizations to go out and go door-to-door to to get people to, uh, to, to get their shots and stuff. Right. So so really what so it's, how they're winning it. So yeah, so they use government money to f- to put it in the pockets of the people who they depend on to do their campaigning for them. You know, if you're if you are in charge, you can lie and you can cheat and you can steal and you can get yeah, away with is. it because there's nobody standing in your way. Cuz ultimately this comes down to power. Uh, they want power so they can wield power. And that's what they do when they get it. Mark calling from Windsor. Hey Mark. Hello there. Nice to hear from you. Um,
5: I, I The uh, caller, what he's to me is talking principles is what we have to do is look at what our principles and values are and then look at candidates, political candidates, whether regardless of what party you're affiliated with and see what their values are, what their principles are. And the problem is so many people in Connecticut our team, or our um, only look at the their party, especially Democrat Party. That's their team. It's kind of like being an, an, a a fan of an NFL team, regardless as to how poorly the team is or how wrong the team may be or whatever. They're gonna root for that team. That's how I see a lot of these Democrat voters here in Connecticut. Well,
1: you're right, but but I don't know how. Us voting for any of those candidates who are running yeah. under the Democrat banner would help anything. That's all. Like, why I, and, would we and, consider know, voting for somebody who's a Democrat? They could be the best person in the world in terms of their own beliefs, and they're going to go up to Hartford or wherever and vote 90-plus percent of the time with their own party.
5: Right. Yeah. And and, 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 and I would say, what, you know, we need to get – stop one, stop putting these politicians on pedestals so that we – give them term limits. They don't... You right. Know, you know, we, we vote them out after one Absolutely. term. Absolutely. Look at what they have not done.
1: Look yes. At, and um
5: and we vote them out.
1: Turn them and over. And don't go for... I just said turn them over. I, I agree with you completely.
5: Yeah. Oh, and um the last thing, you know, I really liked... I still like Peter Lumage. I think that he's an excellent candidate. Mm-hmm. The man is, to me, he is... um. He is a, a, a mentor and a come-up story for many of us. The, yeah. the, the guy came here with nothing and has built himself, and he's just trying to translate those values to the rest of Connecticut.
1: I think so, yeah.
5: Yeah. I'm hey, with you on that. Great. Yep. Have a great one.
1: Thank you, Mark. Have a good night. Eight six wtic Let's go to Goshen for Aaron next. Hey there. Wait a sec. There you go. Hey, hey Aaron. Good
3: evening, Todd. How you doing? Thank you for the call.
1: Thank you for the call.
0: So I want to talk voter strategy, except this isn't voter strategy like us going to the polls. This is us reporting. I would love it, and I hope any, anybody from these towns are listening. I wish that every town would hold back their vote tally until New Haven, Bridgeport, Hartford, New London, Stamford, all report in what their vote tally is and their close for the night, and then all the other towns – in the state of Connecticut, that always go Republican, then give their tally. Because it just seems a little strange to me that all of our smaller towns in our rural areas and medium-sized towns like Bristol, or medium-sized cities like Bristol and uh, and New Britain, um, come in Republican, heavy on Republican. We all go to sleep thinking we're going to have a Republican and we're going to have a big change in the state to wake up in the morning to only losing by 6,000 votes. And then to come to find out, yeah, they found some more ballots in Bridgeport. Yeah,
1: that well, they, would be they, wonderful.
0: They the polls it, opened early or, or later than they're supposed to. It, you know, th- this is this is what I'm talking about, voter strategy. Let's use it against them for, for, one, for one time, you know?
1: That would be wonderful. <laughs> At the very least, we'd get clarity. Thank you, Aaron. 860522 WTIC. Let's get some rants here so we can wrap things up with some ranchers voices
4: Hey Todd I was just thinking it might have a be a
3: good idea to have Anthony be a guest commentator especially since aren't the Phillies in the uh, World Series with Houston
1: it'd be interesting to see how excited he is it would why would that be interesting he'd be gloating about how he made the whole thing happen it was his prediction who's this Anthony happen. person I don't even know what he's talking about you're right who is Anthony Uh, Somebody texted me and wanted to hear this. This is John Fetterman, the beginning. This is how good his brain is working right now since his stroke. This is the his first words of the debate come after this little question at the
4: beginning. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds.
3: Hi. Good night, everybody.
1: (laughs) Really, that's how he began the debate last night. That's what's going on with his brain. Like, it can't select the right words and stuff. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with that, that problem.
3: Why this is Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. Does anybody remember Justice Smollett?
1: I don't know where that came from, but it's pretty interesting. Hey,
4: Todd. Hey, the Little Hobbit made $54 million last year, mm. strictly on investments not collecting any type of a paycheck. I'm a working guy. I hang around working guys. Every guy I know, every person I run into our four hundred ones and portfolios went down between 30 and 40% last year. How the heck does that little hobbit make $54 million in a market where everybody else, is losing 30% of their money.
1: I don't know. Maybe he shorted our 401Ks. Interesting idea. Let's go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. We'll call it a night with Mark Christopher reporting once again on The Commute. Have a great night, Mark.